So now we're going to sing the first of two great hymns by Charles Wesley. Rejoice, the Lord is King. It's number 638. And just to catch you out, there's an extra verse in addition to the four in the hymn book, which is on the order of service.
At the round earth's imagined corners, blow your trumpets, angels, and arise, arise from death in numberless infinities of souls, and to your scattered bodies go. All whom the flood did and fire shall overthrow, all whom war, death, age, agues, tyrannies, despair, law, chance hath slain, and you whose eyes shall behold God and never taste death's work. But let them sleep, Lord, and be more a space. For if above all these my sins abound, it is late to ask abundance of thy grace when we are there. Here, on this lowly ground, teach me how to repent. For that's as good as if thou hadst sealed my pardon with thy blood. said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from sin and turn to the Lord, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. God, God our Father, long-suffering, full of grace and truth, you create us from nothing and give us life. You give your faithful people new life in the water of baptism. You do not turn your face from us, nor cast us aside. We confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbour. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. Restore us to the sake of your Son, and bring us to heavenly joy. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who in Jesus Christ has given us a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Forgive you your sins. Open your eyes to God's truth. Strengthen you to do God's will. And give you the joy of his kingdom. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled with the Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called. And I was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me.
I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in fear, but keep your spiritual fervour serving Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not think you are superior. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone.
God, Holy Spirit, may direct our lives. Lord, come to bless us. And fill us with your Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy and peace. Father, we know that the world needs love like yours and the peace which Jesus came to bring. Help us to play our part in bringing joy to others. Lord, come to bless us. And bless with your Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is patience, kindness and goodness. Father, we know that the world sees patience as boring, kindness as weakness and goodness as hypocrisy. Nevertheless, make us patient, kind and good. Lord, come to bless us. And fill us with your Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Father, we know that our world is short of these signs of truth and justice. May we not be seduced into forsaking them. Lord, come to bless us. And fill us with your Spirit. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your grace and glory. Amen. One of the most evocative parts of the ordination service is the singing of our next hymn, Come, Holy Ghost, Our Souls Inspire. <coughs>
beloved in Christ. Let us claim for ourselves the covenant which God has made with his people and take upon us the yoke of Christ. Christ has many services to be done. Some are easy, others are difficult. Some bring honour, others bring reproach. Some are suitable to our natural inclinations and material interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we may please Christ and please ourselves. In others, we cannot please Christ, except by denying ourselves. Yet the power to do all these things is given to us in Christ who strengthens us. Therefore, to make this covenant of God our own, let us give ourselves to him, trusting in his promises and relying on his grace. We are no longer our own, but his. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.
pray for me that I may speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's great joy to be with you this afternoon on this extraordinary occasion. The last time I preached in this church was, I see, the 16th of July 2003, Sheila Nunn's Requiem Mass. And I'm sure that in a further shore and a greater light, she is as delighted as I am to see how everything has grown and flourished round here. And in spite of the investment of, I think it's £600,000, it hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> I'm reminded of the late, great Clement Freud. When he was trying to get elected as MP for the Isle of Ely, a voice called out from the back of the crowd saying, they don't make council houses like they used to. And Clement Freud, rather lugubriously promised, no, if you vote for me, I'll build you an old council house. <laughs> I didn't think it could be done, but I see evidence all around me that these things are possible. So there you are, you're stretching the envelope of my faith anyway. But we all know that the church is about people as much as buildings. Our Old Testament lesson describes a process of being called by God, a sense of God, a sense that it really is God, a feeling of unworthiness, a hesitant response, but faith. Now many of us in this church, ordained or not, can resonate with that pattern in our own lives and work and marriages and homes. A sense of God, of something special, a sense of unworthiness, but a response of hesitant faith. Because the extraordinary fact is that God, who could choose to do it all using angels, and I'm rather struck by Austin Farrell's phrase, that when you think about angels, pure energy doing the will of God, it's not strange that God should have created them. What is strange is that God should have bothered to create anything else. Nothing else. But God does decide to engage people like us in his enterprise. And the Holy Spirit continues to finger people along the way, including you, John many others here in church, ordained and not. So thank you, John, for your response to that process 13 or 14 years ago, I remember it well, daily since then. Thank you for all the work that you've done in these parts to help to grow the kingdom. And thanks for all you've done within our diocese to help self-supporting ministers to network together and to understand their work and each other better. This is behind the scenes stuff, but very important again. I notice self-supporting ministers are now about half of the clergy of the Oxford Diocese, well above the national average. And that's a considerable achievement, which reflects an extraordinary degree of commitment and work, um, if from no one else, from those ministers themselves, fitting ministry into very busy lives, along with study and everything else. It's rather amazing that any of us are here at all. I came across a cutting a few years ago from the Times newspaper predicting there would be no Church of England left at all in 40 years' time. The decline in the number of ordinands, the dwindling away of all congregations, made this a matter of simple mathematics. That's what the Times said. Um, the 
date of the article, the 27th of July, 1971, just over 40 years ago. So what are you all doing here? You're meant to be on a desert island. You're meant to have found something else to do with yourselves. Or the times won't be accurate. And just to tell you what made it so mathematically certain, the reason was the low number of ordinations in 1970. There were only 437 ordinations in 1970. And the number last year was 564. So as dying, but behold, we live. <coughs> but there seems to be an assumption in that silly article that is even sillier. That somehow everything to do with the future of the church is tied up with ordained clergy, lots of them. And with these super dreadnought vicars, the whole enterprise has a future, and that we're all doomed. That's what it seems to be saying. And I see that notion reflected by people who ought to know better, really, and certainly better than the Times. I see parish profiles that want an excellent preacher, and teacher, and pastor, and accountant, and administrator, and a reflective contemplative activist manager who's also a lifted and gifted for admin and liturgy and youth and children's stories and drinking cups of tea with old people and all these things at once. And they always end up saying the candidate will need a sense of humour. <laughs> well, friends, they will. <laughs> the person who threw out the profile obviously had one. Thoughts <laughs> on that one. And I'd love, as I look through my 300 colleagues in Buckinghamshire, to think that we were all superhuman, like the ones they ordered up in the parish profiles. But I find myself surrounded by ordinary people with some special gifts, touched by grace and hope and a bit of vision, but I'm afraid considerably less than superhuman. <coughs> so can I call this superhuman vicar thing into question on two grounds, really? For a start, the apostolic ministry has something to do with the apostles, the disciples. And the simple fact is, the disciples in the Bible were pretty damn useless, if you look at it, and not at all superhuman. They seldom understood what Jesus was really saying. One of them betrayed him. Well, they wrote this, but actually they all betrayed him, didn't they, one way or the other? Whether it was the way Peter did, or the way Judas did, or the way they all did when they ran away on the night of his arrest, they weren't very brilliant, weren't they? And confronted by his right-hand man, we find Jesus saying, Get behind me, Satan. You think in a human way, not the way God does. Now here's a bit of a poem. This is U.A. Fanthorpe, who used to teach at Cheltenham Ladies College. But when you look at the way she swears, I'm not quite sure of that fact. <laughs> it's called Getting It Across. And there's a quote at the top from John's Gospel. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now know me that thou knowest all things. And these are words put in the mouth of Jesus. This is the hard thing, not being God, son of man, I was born for that part, but patiently incising on these yokel faces, mystified, bored and neutral, the vital mnemonics they can never remember. 
They know my unknowable parables as well as each other's shaggy dog stories. I say, I say, I say, there was this Samaritan, this Philistine, this Roman. But what did the high priest say to the belly dancer? All I need is the cue for the laughs. My sheep and goats, virgins, pigs, fig trees, loaves and lepers, confuse them. Fishing, fish, all from them, has not fitted them for analogy. These are my mouths. Only through them can I speak with Augustine, Aquinas, Martin, Paul, Regents, professors of divinity, and you, and you. How can I cram the sense of heaven's kingdom into their pigeon Aramaic quayside jargon? I alone must write on flesh. Not even the congenial face of my Baptist cousin, my crooked affinity Judas, who understands. Men who would give me accurately to the unborn as if I were something simple, like bread. But Pete, with his headband stuffed with fish hooks, his gift of rushing in where angels wouldn't. Tom, for whom metaphor is anathema. James and John, who want the place at the top. These numbskulls are my medium. I called them. I am tattooing God on their makeshift lives, my keystone cops of disciples, always running absurdly away in the nude or lying ineptly, cutting off ears or falling into the lake. These Sancho Panzers must tread my Quixote life, dying ridiculous and undignified, flayed and stoned and crucified, but upside down. These are the deer, the human, the dense, for whom my message is that might. Had I not touched them, have died decent, respectable, upright deaths in bed. Dear human, the deaths. Does he mean us? Surely does. <coughs> so much for super dreadnought vicars. The other problem about the whole concept is that fishing, whether for people or for fish, was a shared activity. Mending the nets, repairing the church perhaps, or casting them out into the deep water. Neither could be done alone. This is a shared collaborative ministry, and most of the ministry that happens in the Church of England has nothing to do with the ministry division at all. 
They're just talking about the 2% that's done by vicars. What about everybody else? We'd like to know. Will this church still be flourishing in 40 years' time? Well, look at the letters of the Romans. All the things that make a church a church. Long-suffering, patience, not judging before the time. Love, hospitality, grace, openness to the possibility of God in other people. Not allowing yourself to be formed by other people's expectations, but growing from the spiritual energy within you. These are not professional skills reserved to the world. <coughs> They're just the life into which God has baptised all of us who have received baptism. And perhaps in the journey of the we're just a little bit too worried about Remember Arthur Moore, lovely man in Oxford, theologian, and he used to say, I shall start to take all those cards people send me at this time of year seriously when I begin to get them from other people saying, please pray for all bus drivers, especially for me as I'm beginning work on the number 23 tomorrow. <laughs> he had a point. Can I quote Michael Ramsey, actually, priest? He used to say being a bishop was only an episode in the life of Boy, was he right. Being a priest is only an episode in the life of a disciple. Nothing to worry about, because the energy for it is that of baptism. <coughs> a vision of all human life transformed under God, and a task that's hardly begun in this generation, in a church that is always 40 years away from extinction, you, John, and community you serve, that's all you need, along with the Holy Spirit into which you were baptised. God will bless and resource us all together for the road to which he has called us. He who called us all together is faithful, and he will do it, to whom we ascribe as his most just and due honour, might, majesty, and power. Amen. Amen. service, uh, there will be a retiring collection, uh, and that will be for the work of the Bible Society in Ethiopia, which I've written a short passage on the third page of the order of service. There will be more questions in the church centre afterwards. Um, I put this on the invitations to encourage you to come, and uh, I'm told, I haven't been allowed to see them, but they're exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I've been asked to emphasise that if there are no speeches, <coughs> I have specifically requested that there should be no speeches at all. That's my fault, and it's not that no one wants to make them, but there will be no speeches. <laughs>
Our final hymn is uh, John Wesley's, uh, Charles Wesley's great conversion hymn. Both Charles and John, at various stages in their lives, when they were studying and hearing the scriptures, felt their hearts warmed. And this is Charles's great response to that feeling and all that it led to. So we stand now for hymn number 36, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Saviour's blood?
whose glory fills the heavens, cleanse you by his holiness, and send you out to proclaim his word. Amen. God the Son, who has ascended to the heights, pour upon you the riches of his grace. Amen. God the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, equip you and strengthen you in your ministry. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.